Hi everyone, this is Ashley, and this is uh, another raw tidbit for about a dog. Um, today I'm going to be talking about something that you kind of wouldn't expect to be there, but it is, and it's the dangers of being involved in purebred dogs and why many people consider it a true labor of love, and it's something that a lot of us are really passionate about because there are dangers involved. Um, primarily when it comes to dangers, most people would not think of this sport being dangerous and being involved in any dog sport, unfortunately, is dangerous nowadays. And it comes from the far wing of animal rights activists. Now, there are two different forms of animal rights. There's animal welfare, and then there's animal rights. Animal rights tends to be more extreme. They tend to be um, the PETAs and the ALF, whereas animal welfare is all about making sure that animals are well cared for and well loved and have all of the appropriate needs to suit them. Whereas animal rights tends to be more extreme and focuses on eliminating animal ownership and what they deem to be exploitation of animals. And at first, it started off a little bit innocuously in saying, oh, well, wild animals in circuses shouldn't be exploited and puppy mills are bad and various different things like that. That sounds, in many cases, fine and dandy. But they have now turned and focused on dog breeders and preservation breeders to the point where they are influencing lawmakers to create laws that make it incredibly difficult for responsible preservation breeders to continue to preserve the breeds that we love and to continue to do things that make our dogs happy. And certain measures that PETA does and that other similar organizations do are horrific. And they are bullying and quite frankly forms of terrorism. And when I say that, I want you to understand that I am all for animal welfare. We at About a Dog are 100% behind animal welfare and are totally for rescue animals done responsibly and making sure that every animal receives love and appropriate care. We are not for those people who deem it necessary to put their views on what appropriate is. That is for lawmakers to determine and that is for experts. And many of these situations, uh, PETA and extreme groups are not experts. Most of them do not own animals and in fact PETA, which is based in Norfolk, Virginia, operates what they call a shelter. 
And that shelter actually has one of the highest kill rates in the state of Virginia. That is public record. They hold at least, they have held at least a 90% kill rate of animals in their shelter for over a decade. So why would PETA do that? And the simple answer is they view animal ownership as exploitation. They view service dogs as exploitation. They view most dog sports, including confirmation, as exploitation. Most shows within the state of Virginia and even North Carolina and sometimes Maryland will have groups from PETA there. They are trying to infiltrate into the shows. There have been cases where PETA has unlocked crates at show sites and released dogs. There have been cases where PETA has purposefully stalked people and harassed them in the middle of the night in their hotel rooms. There have been cases where they've picked up catalogs at dog shows and saw the home addresses of people that have entered and then continuously filed animal control complaints after animal control complaints basically harassing these people and I have been on the receiving end of this a few times it's not fun and there are also Facebook groups that do this as well and if you are looking for a dog, a purebred dog, and you get some pushback and you get a lot of inquiries from said breeder, it's nothing against you. They are trying to be as safe as possible because many, many, many people who have the ill intention want to shut these people down and want to steal their dogs and either put them up for adoption where they're spayed or neutered and or possibly kill them. Case in point is the case of Maya. Maya was a turning point for many in the state of Virginia where PETA intentionally roamed around a poverty-stricken area and stole dogs off of people's property. Every single one of those dogs was killed within 24 hours, which is a violation of Virginia law. None of those dogs were surrendered by their owners, and all of them were killed. The only reason why Maya's obtained notoriety is because the owner had a security camera and had the wherewithal to look back at their security camera footage, saw the PETA van in their driveway, and saw the people abscond with their dog who was safely on their front porch. And what did they do after they asked about it? PETA provided them a fruit basket. A fruit basket will not help in the murder of their dog. PETA will not help in the fact that that dog being murdered traumatized a five-year-old and PETA just doesn't care. 
And there are many, many, many other cases like this where PETA has taken animals as young as very adoptable kittens and puppies, slaughtered them in vans, and dumped them into dumpsters. All of this is public record. If you want to check it out, please feel free to do so. Um, these cases are just a taste of what PETA does. I'm from the Virginia Beach and Tidewater area. So as a child, I knew and was familiar with PETA. P PETA would actually come to elementary schools and do presentations and would put flyers up in elementary schools saying that if you see a stray animal to call PETA. Well, once that happened, my friends and I found a stray hound called PETA. Doug had collar and tags. What PETA told us to do was to remove the collar and dump it in the woods and return it to the wild. That is not appropriate. And for me, having heard that as a 12-year-old, I was shocked and dismayed that a supposed animal rights organization would want us to return a domesticated animal to the wild where it would not be able to survive and thrive. Now, fast forward about almost 10 years later, when I was traveling at a show in, in the Maryland area, and we were doing things like we normally would. I'm going to leave names and breeds out of it, but those of you who know me know exactly what this is. While we were at a show in Maryland, we were at a hotel, and as soon as we got there, someone was following myself and my friend, who was a minor, around in the parking lot while we were taking dogs out to go potty. And we casually mentioned that we're there for a show. This person proceeded to bang on our hotel doors for hours and claim that our dogs were, quote, near death. And for our safety and for the dog's safety, we immediately moved them into our hotel room locked the doors, and hardly slept that night because it seemed like they were threatening to go into our heated show vans and release our dogs. Then, after a day of showing, we went out for dinner, had the dogs in the car. All of these breeds were well-coated breeds, so none of them were in any danger of passing away or getting too cold or too hot because this was in February in Baltimore. So it was in the 30s thereabouts and they were fine. Well, apparently that same person who had been following us then followed us to the restaurant, called the manager on us, then called the police on us. And unbeknownst to us, it is illegal in the state of Maryland, regardless of the temperature, 
to leave dogs unattended in a vehicle. Being that we were from Virginia, we did not know this. And I do believe the law has changed since then because of backlash from the show committee, the show community, because in many situations, what we do at shows is we will put dogs in crates, in cars with the cars running so that they are in a comfortable situation that they know and it provides less stress for them. Sometimes we will put them in the reserve show grooming area, but that also presents a danger as well. But in this situation, we were having dinner and we had the dogs in the car and decided to go inside for some dinner. The cops arrived and once we explained to them the situation, the cops understood and let us off. But we also advised the cops of what was going on and what we had been experiencing over the past day. Well, that same person followed us to the show site. We informed the show committee and they had that woman escorted out and banned from the premises. And it turns out she was a representative of PETA. So this is the kind of things that they do. It happens to a lot of people in the dog show world. We are used to it. It is something that we all have to deal with and have to understand that what we are doing is what's best for our dogs. It makes them happy and that they are thriving because of it. And we have to hold our ground on that because nobody wants our breeds to go extinct because it's a traditional thing that holds huge value for human development. Without these breeds, some civilizations and the development of mankind as we know it would not have happened. It is fact. I mean, go watch Cosmos. You can watch it there. They mention it. You can look at various different breeds like the Pharaoh Hound. Go to their National Parent Club website. They explain it. Various different other breeds have similar stories. That without them, certain livelihoods would not exist. I mean, take the small but mighty Yorkshire Terrier. Without them, the textile industry in Yorkshire, England would have been devastated by rats. Without terriers in general, disease as a whole in 1800s would have just gone berserk because terriers help control rodent and vermin population. That's what they're bred to do. And it is of my belief that the further that we stray from that, the worse our society is. And the dangers that every single person within the dog show world faces is very real. We have had animal control called on us before. We had absolutely no violations because animal control is very familiar with us. They know that we take the best care of our dogs and that they are in absolute pristine condition. And it's just one of those things where we have to be very, very, very careful 
about just what we do and how we present ourselves and how cautious we have to be because we have seen people bullied and taken to trial and had big time handlers and breeders infiltrated by members of PETA, by members of certain animal rights groups with hidden cameras and basically putting together videos of the worst things that could happen and never showing the best sides of things, never showing the attention to detail, the grooming, the exercise. They're only showing that sometimes dogs are kept in crates. Sorry, that's how it is. Sometimes dogs are crated and most of them view their crate as their den and it's natural, but those crates should be clean. And most of the time, for almost every single dog show person I know, they are. They are spotless. They are cleaned on a weekly basis. Food bowls are cleaned on a regular basis. But these animal rights people are trying to infiltrate to the point where they are just trying to do anything and everything to discredit us. Take Westminster that just recently happened. PETA was there outside of Madison Square Garden basically claiming that breeders are the reason why shelter dogs die. And that's not true. That is 100% not true. I mean, if you look at the, the statistics, the shelter population of animals right now is the lowest that it's ever been. The spay and neuter rate of animals is the highest that it has ever been to the point where most rescues now are importing from other countries such as Mexico, um, Korea, Russia, and various other places to maintain the demand for rescue dogs. And that's bringing in disease and the canine influenza outbreak of a few years ago was directly related to rescues importing dogs from Korea because that particular strain of canine flu was endemic to Korea. Again, this is a fact. Please feel free to look it up on the CDC. And it's one of those things where responsible breeders are trying to do the right thing. We are trying to do the absolute best that we can, but there is absolutely no way that responsible breeders can maintain the demand for dogs. So we are seeing rescues and animal rights groups coming in and trying everything in their power to seize dogs, to steal dogs, to stealing litters of puppies, to putting out advertisements in local papers for litters of puppies. That was actually a year ago, the Lynchburg Humane Society did that where they were advertising for litters of puppies. And to me and most people, if a rescue does not have any dogs, then they should not be open or any cats. They should not be open and they should be happy that their mission has been met. That their sole mission of rescue, that they've done their jobs. They've done a good job. 
And it now should be focused on responsible pet ownership and making sure that the right animal is the, is the right fit for the right person. And that's happening with some good ones. It's happening with a lot of responsible breeders. But more often than not, some rescues and especially the animal rights groups are making it to the point where any breeder of any kind in multiple states, especially New Hampshire and Ohio right now, are hard pressed to produce a litter of responsibly bred puppies. And that's not right. We should be preserving these elements of human history. Every single dog breed has a human history and has a human connection. There are multiple breeds of dogs that have already gone extinct. And those are things that we can never get back, no matter how hard we try. And it is something that we will be covering in another episode where we cover extinct breeds. And thinking about any breed going extinct, it breaks my heart because you've got the impact on those people that loved and cared for these dogs, they'll never be able to do that again. The history of those dogs is gone. Their importance and everything about them is gone. And that should never happen. And as of right now, the current estimations, and you can look this up, the current estimations by the NIIA are that 85% of all dogs in America are spayed or neutered. Which means in under 10 years, we will be dealing with a severe population issue for all dogs, period. Because now we're at a point where we need to think about the future of dogs as a species and the future of dog breeds and their importance. And yeah, it's dangerous. It's dangerous from within the sport, and we'll cover that in another raw tidbit about sportsmanship, but it's also dangerous from outside. So if any of you are looking to get a responsibly bred dog, be prepared for questions from breeders. But the main reason why you're getting those questions is because they're scared. We all are. We live in fear. We live in a state of constant worry that the animal rights groups will somehow find us and do anything and everything in their power to stop us even though we're doing the right thing and we're doing what's best for our animals. They don't see it that way. So I could go on forever for this, but it's kind of depressing. Just all I have to say with this, look at your animal laws within your state, within your country, wherever you are, look at them, start questioning them, start wondering, what will happen in 10 years? 
what will happen when in 10 years time all of the dogs that are currently living that are spayed or neutered are unfortunately no longer with us where are you going to go for your next dog where where are you going to go the best source in my opinion is a responsible breeder but we can't keep up because animal rights groups have made it impossible for us to do so and with that Please, please, go hug your dog.